Welcome to All the Gear But No Idea, the South Australian fishing podcast hosted by Rody and Diz. The boys will share their tall tales of the one that got away, as well as some regular segments they know all you fishing tragics will enjoy. Great to be here for day three of the boat show. How are you going? I'm very good, Diz. Yes, it's been good. And I'm very impressed with the beanies down here in the front row, Diz. Yes, very well done. And Savage Tackle gear there as well, no doubt. So, um, yeah, been a good day. I thought the weather might have turned a few people away, but still a great turnout. It is, Diz. It's good to, uh, good to be here for the final day. And we've got a big guest today. But first of all, Diz, we'll, uh, we'll sort of introduce ourselves. So we're all the gear but no idea. We're a South Australian fishing podcast. We put an episode out about every two weeks, Diz. Yeah, yeah. Good excuse to catch up and have a beer and talk a bit of fishing with you, mate. So, yeah, we um, get, get a guest on every week, a few regular segments, talk a bit of fishing news, and there's always something to talk about in that regard. And, uh, Rody, we've been very fortunate to be joined by a previous guest of the show. Caleb, great to have you here, mate. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks, mate. Good to be here. Thanks. So Caleb has a YouTube channel called Fishing in the Dark um, and we'll get a bit into, uh, into some of his challenges of his uh, fishing career and you know, how he gets around. But first off, we're going to start off with uh, Caleb. Tell us about your first best fish. Uh, best fish at the moment would, uh, would have to be a 124 centimetre kingfish caught last year out with uh, Absolute Fishing from Coffin Bay. How good. That's amazing, mate. That would have pulled some string. Yeah, she was a battle and a half, mate. <laughs> mate, what's your favourite thing about fishing? Um, it's just the time out there, really. You know, you get uh, a lot of anticipation and uh, a lot of uh, relaxation waiting for something to happen. But when the, when the line starts peeling out, it's just that, that overwhelming excitement. It's, uh, yeah, there's, uh, it's hard to figure out anything that can beat it, really. Yes, that's a uh, very common, common sort of response for a lot of our guests, Caleb. Um, can you tell us about how you got into fishing or what's your first memory of it? Uh, well, I grew up in New Zealand um, uh, fishing out with my dad and on my granddad's boat from the Bay of Plenty. And uh, yeah, just I suppose starting in the, uh, in the harbour, handlining snapper um, before we were deemed old enough to get out offshore and uh, Primarily fishing for table fish out there though. Dad's from a big family, so it was more about feeding everyone than uh, too much of the sport stuff. But just just that uh, time spent with family is amazing and, uh, and shared experience, really. And they get some good fish around there. Is it better fishing than South Australia? Uh, it's just different. Like, um, my granddad was pretty much a human fish finder, so <laughs> we, we never went home hungry, but, uh, uh, you know, again, target species, we'd have marlin swimming around the boat and point it out to Grandad and he'd go, yeah, that looks very pretty, get those hooks back on the bottom, we need a feed. So um, <laughs> we primarily fish for snapper and terrakee or what you guys call jackass moorlong. Yeah. Um, you know, occasional blue cod and, and whatnot. Um, and believe it or not, sort of kingfish has a bit of a bycatch. So yeah, it... Um, it was great fishing, it was a great way to grow up, but I never really got into the rod and reel sports side of things until I was over here. So SA's got a lot to offer, and uh, as does the rest of Australia as well. Diz, the uh, human fish finder sounds a bit like me, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, that's a stretch, mate. But having uh, kingfish as a bycatch, Caleb, that's a, that's a luxury we, could do, we don't really have here. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely different uh, different way. I mean, they were nothing like the size of, uh, of the ones I got over in Coffin Bay, where we're sort of probably sitting around uh, that sort of 80, 80 centimetres to a metre over there as bycatch. But when you're doing that on a hand line, it kind of hurts. <laughs> <laughs> Caleb, tell everyone what your favourite sort of fishing is these days and why. Oh, look, anything blue water offshore, mate. I just, I, I love chasing big fish that pull hard. So, yeah, um, yeah, I love, you know, SA getting out um, just anywhere where something big might eat my bait, really. So. Yes, good fun, isn't it, Caleb? Now, tell us about your funniest fishing story or the one that got away. Oh, look, last time I came on with you guys, I was talking about my brother making me throw uh, cast up into sand dunes because I was being a smartass. Um, <laughs> But I suppose this time it's it's not so much the one that got away, it's the ones that keep getting away. Um, I've had a couple of trips up north over the last couple of years and uh, one of my bucket list fish is a big GT and uh, so far I've managed to get uh, four or five of them on the hook and uh, they've either dusted me in the reef or got eaten by the tax man. So I suppose at the moment it's that GT that keeps getting away from me that, uh, that takes the cake. So when's the next trip, Caleb, to chase it? get it this time? Um, I'm hoping maybe uh, sometime next year. I've got another trip coming up to um, uh, back over the west coast of Coffin Bay, uh, hopefully in April. Uh, and if I can get my dad and my brother amongst it, we're hoping to head up to Exmouth in, uh, in January for a trip that got cancelled earlier this year due to the border closures. So never know, that trip could turn out to, uh, to beat Darwin for the GTs and either get some big specimens oh, yeah. over there too. So. Absolutely, mate. That's fantastic. Well, we'll Look forward to keeping up the speed with all of your adventures there. Thanks for answering those five questions. Do you mind talking through everybody the types of challenges that you face fishing with you with the lack of vision? Yeah, no worries. Um, look, I suppose the the, the primary one is uh, is getting to the fishing spots. You know, I mean, yeah. we're pretty lucky with the NDIS now. Like I got brought here by uh, Adam Penny from JL42. They're a um, peer support group. Uh, that the NDIS funds to get us to the fishing spots. Uh, well, get funds to do a lot of things, but it gets me to the fishing spots. Um, but yeah, just access to it's probably your primary um, challenge. And then, you know, when you're, when you're out there, I, I love fishing because I can learn and do a lot of it myself. But um, a big part of the reason I run my uh, YouTube channel is also to show the, the benefit and the positives and someone like myself with a disability working with people who are able-bodied who are willing to um, work with me to make that you know make those dreams come true so um, you know they, they take me out they put me on the spots they uh, they find the fish for me all I have to do really is reel them in so you know um, but I think yeah. you're making it sound a bit easier than it probably is <laughs> oh, look, look there's there's always challenges involved mate you know yeah. but each challenge is just another obstacle to be overcome you know like I said I love learning um, learning new things learning new knots but sometimes learning those from uh, from the internet can be a real pain because they they're obviously a, a visual uh, platform so trying to get my head around when someone goes you know twist something left 26 times and around this way and around that way and I'm sitting there going what the hell are you talking about but um, you know figuring it out and then the sense of achievement like the first time I, I finally figured out how to tie an FG knot um, was amazing but then to get out and put it onto a big fish and, and have the knot not slip uh, you know it's just a sense of achievement that's that makes it all worthwhile.
Well, Dizzy still buys all his uh, rigs pre-made, so you're one ahead of him, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dan over there, the fishing guru. Yeah, Dizzy's keeping not, him in mate. business. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, Caleb, some of the tips and tricks you use while you're out there to make things a bit easier for you. Uh, look, on my own boat, um, it's it's just about organisation. You know, I've got to somewhat know, or I try to somewhat know where I keep everything in their own set, uh, set compartments. Um, when the fishing gets exciting, I scatter crap all over the boat and then completely uh, put paid to any of any of that previous statement. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I just try to be organised. Um, pref I prefer to fish in uh, like boat like boats with less people on them or. Um, like if I go beach fishing and that, I, I prefer to go to less uh, frequented places so that I've got less chance of being a bit of a pain um, casting over or tangling up with other people. Try to be as mindful of others as I can. Um, but yeah, just just mainly it's just organisation. I sort of prep for everything. Probably don't sleep too well the night before because I'm thinking <laughs> about everything I have to get organised. Um, but yeah, just, just that old saying, be prepared and be prepared for anything. And can you tell us about your own boat, Caleb? How long you had it? Where you like to take it? Yeah, so I've got a uh, 1984 18-foot uh, seafarer, uh, half cab. Um, it's mine and my dad's and my brother's. Uh, but um, my brother lives in Western Australia, so he forfeits his part anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh, at the moment, we pref I prefer to launch it down on the, uh, on the southern Flurio around um, from Warina or Cape Jervis or when the tuna's running out from the bluff. Um, closer to home. I, I'm not really that bothered about uh, metro fishing unless I'm just going for a local squid or unless the, the weather's no good down the Flurio. But as I said, I prefer least frequented places. Um, obviously, Victor in tuna season's not less <laughs> frequented, but uh, <laughs> we'll deal with that anyway. But yeah, just anywhere I can get offshore that uh, I can hopefully get a good sized fish on board. Fantastic, mate. And tell the, um, everybody out here today some of the amazing fishing trips you've been on. You've been down to Port Mac, Darwin, you mentioned coffins, and you're heading back over there again. Tell us some of your highlights. Oh, look, um, you know what? The, the first set of uh, vids that started my channel was the uh, three-day liverboard out with Absolute uh, fishing charters, who unfortunately aren't around anymore. But um, mm. you know, I just uh, that was over Coffin Bay, and just yeah, massive kingfish, Samson fish, heaps of tuna, blue groper, uh, nanagai, everything you could hope for, really, and just a really good bunch of people. I mean that's the that's the other thing I love about fishing is all the like really cool uh, guys and girls I've met over the uh, over the journey. It's just you know there's some amazing people who are heaps willing to give heaps of advice and heaps of help. So you know and just share a yarn and a story and you know I've obviously got more excuses than most to over exaggerate the size of my fish. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, look I had uh, had trips to Coffin Bay uh, as you said, a couple of trips up up north to Darwin where I keep encountering the bloody tax man. Um, <laughs> A couple of trips down to uh, Port Mac. One of them was down specifically to chase barrels, but uh, I don't know whether I would have been better off coming home with a donut. And when you get a five kilo um, jelly bean jump up and eat a game skirt, it's a bit <laughs> embarrassing. Um, but uh, then the second trip out, I had my first crack at uh, at deep dropping. So um, we got out amongst a big patch of harp hooker and. Uh, and yeah, I managed to pull up my first uh, first fish was uh, I think 136 or 138 centimeters, about 28 kilo half hooker. And then wow. we went on to get a, I think another 20 odd of those, a bit smaller. So it was probably the best freezer filler I've ever fished, <laughs> uh, and the first time I've ever fished in over 400 meters water too. So that's been cool. And then locally, I've been out with. Um, uh, 
well, Flurio fishing charters out with Ben Shannon down there. So, yeah, look, just get amongst it with, with a lot of really cool people and uh, chasing some really cool fish. Very uh, good fishing resume. You're putting most of us to shame there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> now, can you tell us about, there was a great uh, SA Angler article recently from Jamie Crawford. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, so uh, I, I met Jamie on, uh, on the first trip uh, over with Absolute Fishing and uh, and he, he penned out a, uh, an article for Fishing World that came out this February. And, uh, and then, yeah, just recently in the spring edition of SA Angler, there was, he did a follow-up on our last trip out to um, uh, out with Ash uh, Smith with um, Air, Air Peninsula Fishing Adventures. I asked Jamie if he wanted to come out and flick a line again. And, um, yeah, we were lucky enough to get amongst um, some churners, some Samson fish and some kingies. And uh, it seems to, from Jamie's account, seems to be sparking a little bit of a rivalry between us, which uh, is always <laughs> good to have a, have a yak and a yarn. He's a gun fisherman and, uh, you know, very well versed in those areas. So he's a great, uh, a, a great bloke to touch base with and, and get, seek some advice for different species and different techniques. So, uh, but, yeah, absolute perler of a guy and, um, and, and good fun out fishing with him. I was going to say, you had a pretty good tour guide for that part of the world. He knows his stuff down there, doesn't he? Oh, sure does. Awesome, mate. Now, um, you've also been fishing down at the Yonk by yourself, and you do a bit of that stuff as well, a fair bit of land-based as well as out on the boat? Yeah, I do. I, I, I love fishing in the Yonk. It's just um, it's one of those places where, where my missus can, uh, can just drop me down there, and then she goes off to the gym or goes shopping or does whatever, and... Um, it's kind of one of those places where I feel like I don't have to um, wait around for someone else to take me uh, fishing and then spend the whole day down there with me. I can go down and just be quiet and you yeah. know, have a couple of coldies by myself, ch- you know, chuck on my music and, uh, and flick out a line, hope, for some- hope something wants to eat it. And do you have much luck down there, Caleb? Uh, look, it's, oh, I think like most land base, it's, um, it's hit and miss. And obviously, the, you know, the guys that hit that river hard and seem to do really well, they tend to prospect around there a lot, whereas I tend to do a lot more... Um, sort of uh, set and forget and wait for the fish to come to me but I mean I've got up to a uh, I still haven't quite cracked the legal mull away last year in January I got a uh, 81 centimetre one so you know when you fall a centimetre short it's a bit hurtful but um, (laughs) I've got some big brim out of there I think up to about 41 centimetres and uh, the other times and and I suppose back to your funny story one I seem to be on a competition with myself to see how many species I can get the smallest specimens of (laughs) and uh, my theory is it t- takes a lot more uh, skill to get a big hook and a little mouth. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah, some of the brim would be lucky to be a couple of uh, couple of knuckles of my pinky finger, uh, <laughs> and uh, some of the uh, some of the mulloway you'd probably get a better fillet off a garfish. So, um, <laughs> you know, but it's, it's just that that thing about fishing, isn't it? It's that anticipation and uh, and waiting for something exhilarating to happen. So the onk, the onk delivers with that, and it's nice and relaxing at the same time, and close to home. So. That's fantastic, mate. Now, you're very uh, very good on your social media, the YouTube page. You do all of that yourself and create the content and that yeah. type of thing, get a bit of help. Yeah, I, look, um, I was just talking to, to me mate before about it. Um, I mean, I love it. The, the, the social media pages, the Instagram and the Facebook, I pretty much control myself. But um, yeah. one of the, I suppose, most frustrating things about um, the YouTube thing is, is the video editing. And, again, it's waiting for... Um, waiting for somebody who knows what yeah. they're doing because I'm by no way, shape or form an IT expert and 
I've lost a bunch of videos and, you know, I get my daughter to help out by putting a, uh, putting a picture up and, you know, she'll put up a tuna and I'll say it's a kingfish and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, um, it's a bit hit and miss. So, yeah, unfortunately, waiting around makes it really slow and makes it non-productive. So the YouTube stuff is, it's a lot of fun, but it's, it's slow. But the opportunities it's given me off YouTube, like meeting you fellas and, uh, and the stuff in the uh, SA Angler and, um, and Fishing World and, it's sort of spreading the world a lot more uh, generically and organically than what I ever expected it would. So, you know, hopefully somebody uses it as a uh, as a good um, encouragement to get out there and get amongst it, chase their goals, and uh, and have some fun doing it. Yeah, we wanted to ask you a bit about that, Caleb. Can you give us some tips for anyone else sort of overcoming challenges to pursue fishing or pursue their hobby? Yeah, look, I, I think it's it's one of the things of um, you know when you know when you know what what you want to do. Sometimes it can seem daunting, and sometimes it can seem like it's it's all out of reach. But one thing I've found is that people generally are really really happy and and uh, really willing to help out. So sometimes you've got to swallow your pride and just um, you know reach out and ask. And as I say, fortunately, there's um, there is organisations out there that you know that's that's what they do and that's their job. So. You know that's that's one avenue, and then you know I mean I can't I can't thank my unofficial supports um, enough. Be it my be it my family, be it my mates, be it you know people that I've met over over the journey that you know now just um, reach out the guys from the fishing shop like down at Let's Go Fishing and uh, James at Midcoast. It's uh, you know they're really neat guys. I think um, uh, James Flack's been down here. I've caught up with him and. Um, got some of his skirts to go chasing the barrels and people are just really willing to help so but if people don't know to help they're they're never going to help so you know sometimes we've got to you know go hat in hand and ask for a hand and um and yeah you'll be surprised at how happy people are to to point you in the right direction if not take you to where you need to be fantastic caleb you're you're an inspiration mate what you do is very impressive that's for sure so before we wrap things up with you, mate, tell everybody out there your favourite video so that when they get home they can go and watch one of the highlight reels of Fishing in the Dark. Um, well, my favourite video so far, oh, there's a, there's, that's hard to say, actually. <laughs> um, the one that's done the best on there was a real surprise. It was actually the, the flying solo down at the Onkaparinga um, chasing okay. juvenile mulloway. And... Um, I really threw that one on the channel just as a um, like a interim. We hadn't we hadn't quite finished editing the other things, and I wanted to keep the content going. And you know that thing just um, as far as my videos goes, it exploded completely unexpectedly. I didn't think it'd do anything, and it's the uh, most viewed video on the link. So um, yeah, that's just a blind bloke chasing uh, Onkapringa Mulloway, I think's the title. But um, oh look, like I said, I love chasing kings, mate. So there's. <laughs> Uh, earlier this year, I caught my first ever kingfish on a jig. It was also the only uh, metre plus king I caught this year. Um, so there's a short video of that one, um, just jigging for kings. Um, and then there's a full video of, uh, of that whole day's trip, uh, which is, um, I think it's uh, a blind man's coffin bay trifecta. Check that one out. It's more recent. It's a longer video, but it's definitely worth a look. Awesome, mate. Thank you very much. Rody, been great again to be here on the last day. It certainly has, Diz. We've had some great guests over the three days, and we also want to uh, give a big shout-out to Savage Tackle, so the stall just down the road. Got great burly pots, sinkers, all that sort of stuff, and they've also been kind enough to have our caps and beanies down there for the week, Diz. So big shout-out to Simon and the team. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll have all these episodes up. You're chief of editing, so when, when can they expect to see them, mate? This afternoon, if all things go to plan, Diz. We'll see how we go. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you can find us on there. 
We're up to episode 67, Diz. Yes, yeah. And plenty more, plenty more good guests to come. Yeah, absolutely. Now we'll enjoy that everything has got to offer here at the Bow Show for the rest of the day. And uh, yeah, get online and find us if you're interested in having a listen to our, our podcast. And thanks also to Tracy and the team, uh, Team Just a Girl, for organising the, uh, the fishing part of the boat show. Yeah, it's been great. And make sure you go and get a raffle ticket. When's that uh, being drawn? Sold? As soon as they're all sold, they'll be uh, drawn, which is pretty cool. And uh, that's to help the girls get to Exmouth. 10,000, 12,000 bucks worth of petrol. We worked it out at $2 a litre, but we'll probably get it for <laughs> yeah, way more probably, than that. Yeah. So, so that's the plan for the girls. You know, look, they've not caught Marlin before, but how hard can it be? <laughs> <laughs> You're always up for a challenge, Tracy. Certainly am. Yeah. You know, we've fished all the comps in South Australia now, so it's time to spread our wings a little bit, and GameX is the biggest one in Australia. So it's going to be straight to cool. the top, that's for sure. Yeah. Straight to the top, no mucking around for these girls, eh? That's, that's it. Us Kiwi anglers are just awesome, you know. We're always <laughs> looking for a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Excellent. Well, thanks, guys. It's been awesome having you on the stage this year. It was something we tried new, and, uh, you know, you'll be welcome to come back next year. Um, <laughs> thanks for having us. Yeah, it's been pretty cool. We yeah. missed out last year because you guys were away fishing. We were yes. at Streaky Bay last year. Yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah. exactly. All good. All Excellent. Right. Well, thanks, thank guys. you, guys. Can we put our hands together for the guys from All the Gear and No Idea and also from Caleb. Thanks for coming yeah. down today, Caleb. Rody and Diz hope you enjoyed today's episode of All The Gear But No Idea. Keep up to date by liking and sharing us on Facebook and Instagram. And you can subscribe on all the major podcast platforms. Until next time, good luck fishing. Fishing.